in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come. I'm blessed when I go. And the blessings of the Lord make it rich. And he added no sorrow with it. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamla D. Here to take you on a tour of the Bible. Yes, we read entire books here. Not just one scripture of the Bible, full chapters. And of course, I share commentary with you while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every word. Hey, since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's grow in faith, walk in God's grace by learning Bible truth. Hi, saints. Welcome to a special edition of Learning Bible Truth. Now, I promised that I would have a guest speaker. Yes, my brother in Christ, Dr. Or shall I say teacher, doctor and teacher are the same in the body of Christ. Frederick Casey Price Jr. He taught an excellent lesson about tithing. And as a believer, we have been bought by the blood of the lamb and saved by grace. Which means we are under the dispensation of grace and not the law. Christ is the end of the law and has fulfilled the law through his grace and sacrificial death. Now, according to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us and nailed it to the cross. According to Galatians 2.14, the only law we are required to follow is God's moral law, which is to love one another as Christ has loved the church. And that includes loving our enemies. Now in this dynamic series, Pastor Frederick K.C. Price Jr. sets the foundation of what it truly means to tithe as a believer under grace and teaches that Tithing did not become a requirement until it was adopted into the law. In Jesus Christ, there is freedom. The church did not create the tithe. Under the law, tithing is a payment and Christians are not required to tithe. Yes, you heard me correctly. Christians are not required to tithe. So I want you to sit back. Listen with an open mind. Make sure you have your pen and paper so that you can write down each scripture Pastor Price gives you because everything he is going to teach you is based on scripture, not tradition and not man's twisting of the scriptures. So sit back and relax. Enjoy. We want to take time out to thank you for whatever past, present or future support you're led to give. Remember, you are helping to make it happen, and I do want to welcome our online viewers and our social media uh, viewers to the program, uh, to the ministry as well. And social media has actually been blowing up um, as a result of this this lesson. So, I, 
I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's major. I don't know. Go to Hebrews 7, verse 11. Hebrews 7, 11. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, luck for people that believe in luck. Yeah. We don't believe in luck. We don't need luck. The blessing is on you. You don't need luck. Hebrews 7.11. We have a, a, uh, a title, a tithing under grace. We are under grace. And so our position is grace tithing. That's the umbrella we're under, we're under the New Testament. And so that's what we are going to eventually talk about. But in order to get there, we have to start with the origin, we have to start with what tithing became under the law, and then how the New Testament views it. Here in Hebrews, the seventh chapter, the eleventh verse, it says, Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? There is one thing in this verse that I want you to focus on. Some of your Bibles may have it in parentheses, but I want you to focus on this one thing. It says, through the Levitical priesthood, for under it, the people received the what? That's when they received the law. The law. Now, some say that Christians should not. See, that's a strong word. Should not. Those are strong words. Christians should not tithe because tithing went out with the law. Tithing, however, did not originate under the law, but it was adopted into the law. But once again, we as Christians, we as believers, New Testament believers need to understand that by way of the Levitical priesthood is when the people receive the law. We as saints today, we are under grace. And there is a difference so the direction that I want to go with this lesson there's, there's three areas we want to cover basically tithing under the law tithing before the law and tithing after the law now you may wonder why do you want to deal with tithing under the law first because that's what, what I want to deal with first the reason why I want to deal with tithing under the law first is because most Christians that tithe, whether they realize it or not, they tithe with a law mindset. They tithe with a law mindset. Now, this is a freeing message. Some of you are already free, praise God. But some of you, you aren't. You're not free, but you will be. So we're going to look at it under the law, then before the law, and then after the law. 
So, let's focus on tithing under the law. Go to Leviticus. We're going to go to Leviticus. Leviticus 27. The easy way to do this is to search the entire Bible. <laughs> find out where the words tithe, tithes, and tithing are. And read those verses. Thank you, sir. Leviticus 27. Where did I tell you to go? I didn't? I just said Leviticus? I just said 27. Okay, look at verse 30. Leviticus 27.30. We're going to have fun, guys. We're going to have a good time. Leviticus 27.30. Now, what did Hebrew 7.11 say? For under it, Levitical priesthood, Leviticus, for under it, the people received the law. So Leviticus 27.30 is a tithing verse found within the law. Verse 30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock of whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. Okay, what is a tithe? Simply means the tenth part. Ten percent. It's the tenth part. Now, these scriptures say that the tithe is holy to the Lord. These scriptures also say, these three verses, say that if a man wants to redeem any of his tithes, what must he do? He needs to add one-fifth. Okay? So if your tithe was um, $100 and you want to redeem it, you add one-fifth. One-fifth of what? One-fifth of the tithe. What's one-fifth of 100 That'd be $20, right? Okay, if we're dealing with money. Now, this redeem means if a man wants to buy his tithe back. That's what this means. Here in Leviticus 27, 30 through 32. This redeeming the tithe means if a man wants his tithe back. You want your $100 back, you add a fifth to it. Okay? Redeeming the missed tithe is in Leviticus chapter 5, verse 16. Look at that. Leviticus 5, 16. Leviticus 5, 16 says, And... He shall make restitution for the harm that he has done in regard to the holy thing. What did Leviticus 27, 30 say about the tithe? It is what to the Lord? Holy. It is holy to the Lord. 
So verse 16 here in the fifth chapter says, and he shall make restitution for the harm that he has done in regard to the holy thing and shall do what? Add one fifth to it and then give it to the priest. So the priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering and it shall be forgiven him. All right. Head over to Numbers 18. Numbers 18. How many of you have ever done that? You, you missed a tithe and you added a fifth to it. You've done that before. Okay. How many of you, every time you miss a tithe, you add a fifth to it? Oh, thank you for your honesty. I only see a few. Okay. Numbers 18. And let's look at verse 21. All right. Numbers 18:21 says, "Behold, I have given the children of who of who? Levi. Levi. From Levi, we get the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. Now, while we're reading these verses, remember always we are under grace. Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel. So the tithes went to who? The tithes in Israel went to who? Levi. Children of Levi. Levi wasn't around, you know. But the children of Levi. Levites. All the tithes in Israel were given to who? The children of Levi. Not the children of Benjamin? Not the children of Dan? Not the children of Joseph, the children of Levi. Given to them as what? An inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. So this verse tells us, as we are reading about tithes under the law, that the tithes were for the children of Israel. I mean the children of Levi. For them. As what? an inheritance in return for their work, which they performed, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Hereafter, the children of Israel shall not come near the tabernacle of meeting, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall perform the work of the tabernacle of meeting, and they shall bear the iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, and among the children of Israel... They shall have no inheritance for the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering to the Lord. Who have I given it to? The Levites. Whom are the children of Levi? As what? An inheritance. All right, now let's, let's put a pin here. Let's remember, the church did not invent tithes. Amen. We didn't create tithes or tithing. 
This predates, tithing predates the church. Israel was practicing tithing, and specifically within Israel, they were for a specific group, Levites. For the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. Therefore, I have said to them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. See, the only work the Levites did was the work of the tabernacle of meeting. So where were they going to get their increase from? The tithes of the other children of Israel. Verse 25. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak thus to who? To who? To who? Speak thus to the Levites. Are you a Levite? <laughs> you didn't sound too sure. <laughs> Speak thus to the Levites and say to them, when you take from the children of Israel the tithes. Now, how, how many tribes did we have? We had 12, but 12 sons of Israel, which produced 12 tribes of Israel. One tribe in particular, the Levites, would receive tithes from the other 11. Said it right here, when you take from the children of Israel the tithes, which I've given you from them as your what inheritance, then you catch this now. Then you shall offer up a heave offering of it to the Lord, a tenth of the tithe. What does that mean? The other eleven tribes would pay tithes to the Levites. That was their income, and when they received those tithes, they were to take a tenth of those tithes and give that to the Lord. Verse 27, and your heave offering shall be reckoned to you as though it were the grain of the threshing floor and as the fullness of the winepress. Thus you shall also offer a heave offering to the Lord from all your tithes, which you receive from who? The children of Israel. Are you seeing this? Children of Israel give tithes to Levites. Levites give tithes to the Lord. You seeing that? Okay. And you shall give the Lord's heave offering from it to Aaron the priest. Of all your gifts, you shall offer up every heave offering due to the Lord from all the best of them, the consecrated part of them. Therefore, you shall say to them, when you have lifted up the best of it, then the rest shall be what? Accounted to the Levites as the produce of the threshing floor and as the produce of the wine press. You may eat it in any place, you and your households. For it is your reward for your work in the tabernacle of meeting. It just said they may eat it. So obviously this wasn't money. All right, let's go over this one more time. Children of Israel, give tithes. I'm sorry, not give, pay. Let's be very specific because we're talking about under the law. Under the law, tithing is a payment. Under the law, tithing is a payment. Children of Israel pay tithes to who? The Levites. Levites pay tithes to who? The Lord. And then what does the Lord say about the rest of the Levites' tithes that they've received from Israel? What does he say? You may eat it in any place, you and your households, for it is what? Your reward for the work in the tabernacle of meeting, and you shall bear no sin because of it. When you have lifted up the best of it, but you shall not profane the holy gifts of the children of Israel, lest you die. See, the, the holy gift was the tenth of the tenth. Children of Israel, once again, pay tithes. They pay a tenth to the Levites. The Levites then take 
all of their tenths and pull a tenth from their tenths and give that to the Lord or pay that to the Lord. Do you see that? So I need you to see it. You have to see it before we talk about tithing and us under grace. Okay. Bottom line, the tithes of the Israelites belonged to the Levites who were then to tithe of their income, which was what? The tithes of everyone else. You see that? Okay. Deuteronomy 12. Everybody say freedom. We've got a lot of reading to do. Hope you're okay with that. You guys know me. We read scriptures. We read verses. We tour the Bible, don't we? we? Look at verse 1, Deuteronomy 12, 1. These are the statutes and judgments judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. Who's God talking to, by the way? Anybody want to take a guess? Who's he talking to? Children of Israel. He's talking to who? Israel. See, you, you, you have to be able to pay attention to when God is talking to Israel and Israel only. Then there are times when he's talking to Israel and there is a principle there that can apply to us outside of Israel. But there are certain things that are specifically for Israel and Israel only. Verse 2. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess served their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. What, what shall you do? You shall break their altars. God didn't like that paganism. You're going to break their altars. You're going to, I mean, destroy their altars. You're going to break their sacred pillars. You're going to burn their wooden images with fire. And you shall cut down the carved images of their gods and destroy their names from that place. God ain't no joke. You shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. Notice that God did not want Israel taking the pagan mess from other nations and using it to worship him. But you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place and there you shall go. Verse 6. There you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes and heave offerings of your hand your vowed offerings uh, I, I don't all right I need, so I need you to pay attention to this right here your free will offerings and the firstborn of your herds and flocks this sixth verse makes offering distinctions notice that one of the offerings mentioned were identified as free will. Which means the other ones weren't. They were of necessity and required. Now I want to tell you this right now. Under the New Testament, 
There is no obligation or requirement. As a matter of fact, Paul said, do not give of necessity. You shall take your burnt offerings, required. Sacrifices, required. Tithes, required. Heave offerings of your hand, required. Vowed offerings, you put your mouth on it, required. Then there was the free will offerings as you purpose in your heart. And the firstborn of your herds and flocks, required. It says, and there you shall eat before the Lord your God, you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand, you and your households, in which the Lord your God has blessed. You shall not at all do as we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. Don't do that. For as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God is giving you, giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies around about so that you dwell in safety, then there will be the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. There you shall bring all that I command, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand, and all your choice offerings which you vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levite who is within your gates. Oh, get this. Since the Levite has no portion or inheritance. Since the Levite had no portion or inheritance, the Levite's inheritance was the tithe of the children of Israel. Take heed to yourself, verse 13, that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every place that you see, but in the place which the Lord chooses. In one of your tribes, there you shall offer your burnt offerings, and there you shall do all that I command you. However, you may slaughter and eat meat within all your gates, whatever your heart desires, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. The unclean and the clean may eat of it, of the gazelle and the deer alike. Only you shall not eat the blood. You shall pour it on the earth like water. You may not eat within your gates the tithe of your grain. Tithe of your grain or your new wine or your oil of the firstborn of your herd or your flock of any of your offerings which you vow of your freewill offerings or of the heave offering of your hand. But you must eat them before the Lord your God in the place which the Lord your God chooses you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant and the Levite who is within your gates. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all to which you put your hands. Take heed to yourself that you do not forsake the Levite as long as you live in your land. He has quite a bit to say regarding the Levites. It's about to get interesting now. Stay in Deuteronomy, look at chapter 14, go to the 22nd verse.
All right, you have two options here as to how you can receive what you're about to read. I can explain it to you now, or I can tell you now, we can read it, then I can explain it. Or we can just read it now, and I can then tell and explain it after. A or B, what do you like? Just read it first? Okay. We're going to read these seven verses, 22 to 29. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God. Did you notice that's the second time we read about the tithe of the grain? Okay. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide, the tenth of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Verse 24. But if your journey is too long for you, so that you are not able to carry the tithe, or if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, when the Lord your God has blessed you, you shall exchange it, the tithe, for what? Money. Okay. You will take the tithe of the grain. God gives you a, uh, he gives you an option. Or he gave the children of Israel an option. He said, if your journey's too long and you're not able to carry the tithe of the grain, you can then what? Take that tithe of the grain, exchange it for money. Take the money in your hand because the money is easier to carry than the grain. Take the money in your hand. Go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. You shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires. Oxen, sheep, wine, similar drink. For whatever your heart desires. You shall eat there before the Lord your God and you shall rejoice. You and your household. You shall not once again forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. All right? And I want you to pay attention to this. Tithe of the grain, if it's too difficult for you to carry it, you turn that into money. Take the money to the place where the Lord chooses. You then exchange that money for sheep or for wine or for drink. It says for whatever your heart desires, but it shall not remain money. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Yeah. Okay. Verse 28, at the end of every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates may come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. Now, allow me to explain what you just read. You just read about more than one tithe. More than one. 
Because for Israel, under the law, there were three tithes. Count them. One, two, three. The third tithe was to be given every three years. So if you had year one, year two, and year three, year four, year five, and year six, Israel would pay 20% in year one, 20% in year two, 30% in year three, 20% in year four, 20% in year five, 30% in year six, you can do the rest. You can do the rest of the math. Every three years, they were to give a third tithe. But every year, on a consistent basis, they were to give two tithes. Year one, two tithes. Year two, two tithes. Year three, three tithes. Now, that means 20%, 20%, 30%. Now, that's already more than 10 now, the reason why you need to know this is because many Christians don't know what to do with themselves when they can't even pay the tin. They, they, they deny responsibilities just to pay the tin for fear of a curse and don't even realize that Malachi is just like Leviticus, scriptures written under the law. So when you're mustering all your strength to bring all the tithe to the storehouse, you're still forgetting 13%. Right? Because if you were to average that third tithe and break it up into each year, right? How do you divide three, three into 10 goes how many times? It's about 3.3, right? So if you average the three tithes, it would be about 23.3% each year. That's what the Israelites paid. They pay 23.3% a year because that's what the law required. That was God's law. So if we're going to bring, if we're going to do it, then let's do it right. If we're going to bring all the tithes to the storehouse, then we need to pay 23% a week. Not just 10. Key word was if. If we're going if we're going to do it. If we're going to do it based on Malachi, then we've got to bring 23%. Alright? So, we can stop the lesson right now and we can all make a commitment right now together that our tithes will now be 23% and then we will give offerings beyond that. Who's with me? Told you it's a lot, but you got to stay with me. Look at Deuteronomy 26, verse 1. Verse 1 says, and it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you and put it in a basket 
and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to, one, to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand, set it down before the altar of the Lord your God, and you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian about to perish, and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction, so our labor and our oppression, and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this land and has given to us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it up before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. Verse 12. When you have finished laying aside all the tithe of your increase in the what year? The third year, which is called the year of tithing. And you have given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless and the widow so that they may eat within your gates and be filled, then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people, Israel, and the land which you have given us just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, let me identify these three tithes for you. If you notice here in the 12th verse, the third tithe was highlighted, given every three years which was referred to as the year of tithing. The third tithe that was given every three years was specifically for who? The Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. That's who the third tithe was for. Levite, stranger, fatherless, and the widow. That's the third, third tithe. We back up to that second tithe. We read about that in Deuteronomy 14. That second tithe was the tithe that could be exchanged for money. But once you arrive at the destination, the place the Lord chooses, you then take that money and you, you purchase something. He said, whatever your heart desires. All right. And that first tithe was the tithe that we read about over in Leviticus 27. All right. That first tithe that goes directly to the Levite. All right. So that's three tithes under the law. One for the Levites yearly. Tithe number one. Tithe number two, one for the sanctuary or festival yearly. Tithe number three, one for the hurting ones every three years. That's law tithing. That's tithing under the law. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word 
for tithe is ma'aser. But we also see in this sacred language three descriptive and distinct Hebrew terms associated with ma'aser. We have ma'aser rishon, which means first tithe, ma'aser shenai, which means second tithe, and ma'aser anai, which means poor tithe, referring to the third tithe because that's who it goes to, the stranger, right, the widows, the orphans. Now, look at Second Chronicles 31. Second Chronicles 31. Find the fifth verse. All the long, drawn-out stuff we have to read is related to the law. It's, it's related to the law. Now, I, I have to give you all this because, as I stated earlier, most Christians that make it a practice to tithe, whether they realize it or not, they're tithing with a law mindset. And here's why. Because they make the tenth an obligation. They make the offering something free will. That, that, that's what most do. I know that most do it because I did it. You put a greater demand on yourself to get the tithe in. But you'll sleep at night if you didn't get the offering in. You hope to do it. You shoot for it. You try. But if you missed it, at least I got my tithe in. Verse 5, Second Chronicles 31. As soon as the commandment was circulated, you know what, let me just go ahead and throw this out there. Because, you know, time is not our friend. And I don't want to leave you on something long and drawn out and you're still like somewhat confused or wondering, okay, pastor, that was long and dry. Where are you going with this? <laughs> so let me throw this out to you right now. The storehouse is not this place. A storehouse is a house that stores. The storehouse was a room in the kingdom, also known as the storeroom. You know what you put in the storeroom? Stuff. For the purpose of storing. What we know as the local church is not a storehouse. Because first off, the church isn't even a building. It's a community of believers. That's what ecclesia is in the first place. It's us. We're the church, right? We could blow this building up right now, eradicate these grounds, and the church is not destroyed because it's us. You understand that? All right, so you need, you, you, you need to get an understanding of this because we have a tendency to think, as I thought it, that this place was the storehouse. But here's what's interesting and conspicuous in his absence. The book of Acts is the history of the New Testament. There are 28 chapters in the book of Acts. Not one verse mentions tithing. Not one. 
It's the history of the New Testament church. We have Paul present. We have Peter present. There's not one mention of tithes, yet there's plenty to say about giving. There's plenty to say about laying up. There's plenty to say about being a blessing by means of sowing. How about the actual New Testament, the covenant, Romans to Jude, has nothing to say about tithes except in one location. The one location is Hebrews written by we don't know. And that seventh chapter only uses one Old Testament example, and it's not Malachi, it's Abram and Melchizedek, which was before the law. Now, that's something you can take home and chew on for a little bit. That should cause you to wonder about some things. Because if the storehouse was what we call the local church, wouldn't Paul have encouraged those who he taught? Wouldn't Barnabas have encouraged those who he taught to take those tithes and take them to a storehouse or since it was the church, wouldn't he have identified the church as the storehouse and said, this is where you put your tithes? But he doesn't. There's nothing about tithing. Does that make you wonder? Nothing. Now watch this. In all that I'm saying, I'm not telling you not to do it. I simply want you to be in a position of freedom regarding it. You see that. All right, look at the Second Chronicles 31.5. You still have to get everything about tithing under the law. Because what you need to know is that tithing did not become a requirement until it was adopted into the law. It did not become an obligation until it was included within the law. That's when it became an obligation. That's when it became a requirement, a debt, a payment. All right, look at this fifth verse, 2 Chronicles. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain. And these are first fruits, not tithes. There's a difference between the two, according to the law in the Old Testament. Of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. So you see, the verse makes a distinction between first fruits and tithes. Right, but I've heard ministers today, they will put a demand on the people of God. You must pay your tithes, give your offerings, and then give a first fruit. And the children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things which were consecrated to the Lord their God. They laid in heaps. In the third month, they began laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people begin to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left. For the Lord has blessed his people, and what is left is this great abundance. Then Hezekiah commanded them, to prepare rooms in the house of the Lord. Do you know what these rooms were in the house of the Lord? Storerooms. And that part of the kingdom 
of the palace was identified as the storehouse. Look, verse 11, commanded them to prepare rooms in the house of the Lord, and they prepared them. Then they faithfully brought into that room what? Offerings, tithes, and dedicated things. Kananiah the Levite had charge of them. Shammai, his brother, was the next. Jehiel, Azariah, Nahath, Asahel, Jeremoth, Jazabad, Eliel, Ismachiah, Mahath, and Benaiah were overseers under the hand of Kananiah and Shammai, his brother, at the commandment of Hezekiah the king and Azariah the ruler of the house of God. Kor, the son of Imnah, the Levite, the keeper of the east gate, he was over the freewill offerings to God to distribute the offerings of the Lord and the most holy things. And under him were Eden, Maniamin, Jeshua, Shemaiah, and Mariah, and Shechaniah, his faithful assistants in the cities of the priests, to distribute allotments to the brethren by divisions to the great as well as the small. If you notice how these offerings are being dispersed. Besides those males from three-year-olds and up who were written in the genealogy, they distributed to everyone who entered the house of the Lord his daily portion for the work of his service by his division. And to the priests who were written in the genealogy according to their father's house and to the Levites from 20 years old and up according to their work by their divisions. And to all who were written in the genealogy, their little ones and their wives, their sons, daughters, the whole company of them, for in the faithfulness they sanctified themselves in holiness. Also for the sons of Aaron, the priests, who were in the fields of the common lands of their cities, in every single city, there were men who were designated by name to distribute portions to all the males among the priests and to all who were listed by genealogies among the Levites. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God, and in every work, that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with his heart, so he prospered. Okay, so what have we, what have we, what have we learned thus far? We've learned that uh, tithing did not become an obligation until it was adopted into the law. It was not a requirement until it was included in the law. It was not a payment until it was included in the law. It was not a debt to be paid until it was included in the law. But on top of that, there wasn't just one tithe. There were three tithes. A regular tithe for the Levite, a festival tithe, and one that was given every three years, the tithe for the poor, the tithe for the orphans, the tithe for the widows, the tithe for the strangers. And the Levites were included in that as well. Once again, what's interesting, tithing is never mentioned by any of our apostles. Never. Tithing is never mentioned by those who wrote the New Testament. And the only time it's mentioned in the New Testament is by a writer we don't know. And the only thing that that writer that we don't know has to say about tithing is Abram and Melchizedek. One of the things that we learn about tithing after the law in Hebrews is that it wasn't paid, it was given. Because if you go back to Abram and Melchizedek, you see Abram didn't pay Melchizedek, Melchizedek a tithe, he gave it to him. And there was no rule, there was no curse, there was no threat of robbery. 
He freely did it. Why did he do it? Well, we'll talk about that later. As a matter of fact, the best we can do is guess because it's really random. It's, it's just random. You ever experienced something random? It is just random. Melchizedek just shows up out of nowhere and Abram says, hey, hey, here. Here you go. Here's a tithe. Who told you to give it to him? And why are you giving it to him? See, those things get my gears turning. Amen. And I would think that at least one of you's gears would be turning as well. Teach it, Pastor. Nehemiah, chapter 10. Ooh, we're still in the law. <sighs> Nehemiah 10, 35. And we made ordinances, verse 35, to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of all trees year by year to the house of the Lord to bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle as it is written in the law and the firstborn of our herds and our flocks to the house of God to the priests who minister in the house of our God to bring the first fruits of our dough our offerings the fruit from all kinds of trees the new wine and oil to the priests to the storerooms of the house of our God and to bring the tithes of our land to the Levites and the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities. And the priest, the descendant of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithes. And the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God, to the rooms of the storehouse. For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offerings of the grain, of the new wine, and the oil to the storerooms where the articles of the sanctuary are where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are, and we will not neglect the house of our God. Now, of course, I don't have enough time to go into any further verses, but I do want to leave this with you as well. Regarding tithing under the law, under the law, under the law, under the law. We're talking about from the time the Ten Commandments were given in Exodus throughout the law, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all through the remainder of the Old Testament, the majority of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of that is law. It's law until the finished work of Christ. Christ fulfilled the law. What you need to know about tithing under the law is that throughout that time, as long as the law was present, tithing was never money. And that's a rough place to quit. <laughs> now, saints, that is the end of episode one. I am sure it has your gears turning just like it did mine when I first found those scriptures. And then I found out that my brother in Christ, Pastor Frederick Casey Price Jr., did a three-part series on tithing under grace. Now, I don't have much to say right now. I'm going to let him do all the talking. I will air episodes two and three next weekend. So until then, I want you to keep in mind, don't go burn your church down because your pastor deceived you. Maybe he just don't know. See, it takes a lot of studying and a lot of listening to the Holy Spirit in order for you to teach the truth of these scriptures. 
So until next time, saints, I'll see you later. All right. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode, please send your questions or comments to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com or you can send me a direct message through my podcast by clicking on the message button located on the homepage of all my podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, and Radio Public to submit your remarks. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing the homepage on my podcast and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated. I am praying for God to give you a return on your donation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, as it relates to sowing a seed, and I quote, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hallelujah. God will give you a return on your gift of love as long as you sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart. Now until next time, brothers and sisters, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.